Yes, good morning, everyone. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. It is Tuesday, September 6th. And great to have you with us uh, wherever and however you're listening. Uh, Yesterday, the NRL finals officially launched. But uh, before that, during the morning, uh, flicked on and watched Nick Kyrgios against the world number one, Daniel Medvedev. And he accounted for him in four sets for those who followed Roger Rashid's suggestion. Kyrgios in four yesterday, got the money at about $5.50 with Tab, I believe, as well. And he is now the $3.25 favourite. He is the favourite as we head into the quarterfinals to win the US Open. And Alia Tomjanovic ensured that we will have a man and woman in the quarterfinals at Flushing Meadows for the first time in 38 years. So a fantastic performance from her as well. She saved eight set points in the first set against Samsonova. And ended up winning seven six six one. So uh, we've got a great week coming up here as far as the Aussie stars are concerned. But morning to you, Loza. He can win this, Nick. No doubt about that. Well, there's never been any doubt about his talent. Good morning, boys. Uh, 21 aces yesterday. 53 winners sped past um, Medvedev. And he now takes on another Russian in the quarterfinals. But he was very, very good. Uh, that first set was unbelievable. Uh, he saved three match points and he won an epic tiebreaker, 13-11. Um, and he won his last two sets quite convincingly. So he certainly found a bit of form. Uh, Medvedev is the world number one, although he lose that ranking at the end of this tournament. Um, so it was great to see him through. And he is a massive chance of winning his first Grand Slam. And also well done to... Isla Tom Lenovich, um, she's done extremely well. And to make a quarterfinals, and I think you mentioned it, Mido, for the first time in 38 years, um, I think the last man and woman to make the quarterfinals was Wendy Turnbull and Pat Cash. So well done. Well done to the Aussies for getting through to the quarterfinals. They've done a terrific job. And, mate, continue. Indeed. Pop, morning to you, mate. Morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Yeah, good to see the Aussies on fire. Bring it on. Nicky boy, doing his thing. Doing his thing. Had everything. There was a blow up. Yeah. There was, there was every, there was standard Nick, but gee, he can play. He's got no coach, remember? No coach. Oh, he's, he's, to, he's told us. He's made that very <laughs> clear with these new rules that have come out. He's made it very clear. He doesn't need a, uh, he's uncoachable. Not required. Who's going to tell him what to do? Mm. So who's he got next? He's got uh, Karen Kachanov, another Russian. Karen. Uh, so it should be accounting for Karen, I'd say. And uh, Alia Tomjanovic has got Tunisia's Ons Jabur in the last day. We'll speak to Roger Rashid about it uh, all tomorrow. And uh, those matches both taking place tomorrow. At the moment, uh, Francis Tiafoe has won the first set against Rafael Nadal. That's uh, what we need. We need Nadal. I know I like Nadal, but we need him to lose. I, I don't like him up against Kyrgios. That's my only concern. Well, if Nadal six... gets knocked out, I reckon Nicky Boy might just go on and... He's to lose just about, wouldn't it be? Yep. Nadal got knocked out. Yep. Uh, so 6-4, uh, TFO's won the first set there. Uh, just having a look at the futures market for the men. So as I mentioned, in fact, it's just suspended at the moment. Uh, but to the, it was 3.25 Kyrgios, 3.50 Nadal yesterday um, after Kyrgios had accounted for... Daniel Medvedev, but uh, the final series launched yesterday uh, and uh, Nathan Cleary, of course, returns from that five-week suspension. Just wondered with the Eels, uh, I think we've spoken about it a few times this year, but 
you know, Isaiah Papali, Reed Marnie, Murata Niakore, Oregon Kafusi, all leaving the club. I know they're getting Josh Hodgson, but Josh Hodgson hasn't played a game pretty much this year, and you just wonder if you know his best days are behind him. You can just feel the urgency almost with Parramatta that this really might be it as far as this window is concerned and their chances of breaking that premiership drought. Yeah, possibly that's the urgency, but I also think the urgency is there because they've been so close over a number of years and they just haven't been able to get to the holy grail and, and do the right thing by their fans and, and win it. But they're, they're in a in as good a shape as they've ever been. They They come in healthy. And they come in with a bit of momentum. And there are two things we always speak about in the NRL. Trying to win it, you need a bit of luck. But you've got to have a healthy squad and you've got to make sure that you're confident when you're playing the big games. They've got most players available for selection. Most of their top 17 are available. They've got depth and they have finished in the top four. They, so they can afford to slip up in week one. Even though they don't want to lose week one, if they, they lose week one, they can still go on and win three games. Um, this is a big game for them out there at Penrith. They've beaten Penrith twice this season. Can they beat them three times? Can they possibly beat them four times? Um, you know, they might have to play Penrith, uh, Penrith four times this season. Um, this is their yeah. third occasion, and then they might meet up again in the grand final. Yep. So can you beat a team four times? Can you beat a team three times? As good as Penrith. But we're about to find out. It's just occurred to me, looking at the premiership market with Tab, Parramatta are second favourites now. They went 10 into $7 after the, the weekend. And, of course, their win over the Melbourne Storm last Thursday night. So Penrith rock solid, 225, top of the market. Paris 7, Cronulla $7.50, Roosters and Melbourne $9, North Queensland 10. It just amazes me that both Cronulla and North Queensland essentially, well, I know, I know Cronulla are on the third line of betting there, so well in the market still, but there's no money for them, as you've told us several times, Loz, and North Queensland. Yeah. These are the sides that finish second and third. Well, there's been no money for those two teams all season. They've been unwanted in the premiership market. Parramatta are always well-supported, and they will continue to, to tighten, and they will tighten heavily if they win on the weekend. But because there's a lot of supporters out there for Parramatta, I, I think that's one of the reasons why they you know, always tend to come in at this, this time of the year. But Parramatta are a very good side. The Sharks and the Cowboys, I suppose, because they haven't got that genuine superstar in their side. People tend to look away from them. They're looking for that X factor that can win a grand final. But when you look at the club and the playing rosters, they've they got good teams. They work together as a unit. And for me, that's why they're finished second and third this year. The fact that they all complement each other. They play a, a style of football that suits. They've got a good work ethic to both attack and defence. Um, their coaches are... Uh, uh, inexperienced at first grade level, but they've had a great grounding. You know, Craig Fitzgibbon has been around for a number of years, come from the Roosters under Trent Robinson, best credentialed assistant coach, and now has taken that step up and transferred all his knowledge into this playing group, and you can see the improvement that they've had. And Todd Payton, you got to remember, was back there with the Cowboys back in 2015 when they won that grand mm-hmm. final. 
and it's been an assistant. It's done the hard yards. Mm. He's he's brought his own methods um, and systems up there to the Cowboys, and they've responded to that this year. It, it took them a while, but they've responded. They respect him, and they're now starting to get results. So, I mean, one of these teams this weekend are going to be one game away from a grand final. One game away from a grand final. Mm. And once you get to that prelim final, anything can happen. Yep, absolutely. Bring it on. Uh, there's some uh, good sport on today. The Matildas are on tonight up against Canada at Allianz Stadium as well. Should be a good crowd there on a Tuesday night. And uh, I know it is, what, September... What's the date today again? September 6th. But uh, we've got a bit of background on tonight. Clarkie, a day-nighter. Australia, New Zealand. Chapel Hadley Trophy. One day international in Cairns. And uh, New Zealand, though... In their squad, well, they've got Bolton Southie. So Aaron Finch is going to be asked plenty of questions straight off the bat there. Um, mm. Even though, of course, Trent Bolt relinquished his central contract, as has uh, Colin de Grondholm as well. <laughs> Unfashionable. I look big at that. Cole. Look, big Colin. You look at him oh. and you think, where would if he was Australia, where would he be? But he has done a good job for New Zealand. First, he just seems to get runs first and wickets. grade at Western Suburbs. That's where he'd be. Hundred percent. No, he's brilliant in conditions that are conducive. Mm. It's like there's a lot of you know you go and play county cricket, and when there's just a bit of movement around, mm. it's sometimes the lack of pace that yeah. can cause. <laughs> You know, the most difficulty as a batsman because you get that swing in that seam, but you just – the lack of pace makes you chase the ball rather than sometimes when it happens so quick, your sort of natural reaction is you either play it or you let it go. You haven't got time to think about it. When it's a bit slower, you just – you get yourself into a position and you keep – just keep following it. That's the one you nick, you know, so – You'd be annoying to face. Mate, he's done well. (laughs) And and again, in the right conditions, he's done well. But, yeah, he's – He's the he's a little bit like. Do you remember Adam Dale? Yeah, for Queensland. Yep. Yeah, he was, um, same thing. Could swing up, it viciously, mate, though, Adam. Dale. Up there at the Gabba, he was unplayable. Adam Dale in those conditions, mm. swing, seam. Um, he's a bit like that. But De Grandon, where where the game has helped him is he smacks it with the bat. Mm. So the twenty twenty format has just fallen into his hands. You know, he's played in the IPL, done pretty well. So yeah, good on him. And another one again because the. The money in the t- domestic T20 comps now around the world is going to add up to, for players like him him and Bolt, it's going to add up to be a lot more than their New Zealand contract. They've walked away from that. We're, and New Zealand now are trying to find a way to have that balance. How do we still keep these players for New Zealand, but then allow them to go and play in the domestic tournaments? And I think Kane Williamson come out, New Zealand captain come out and said, especially with Trent Bolt, he wants to find a way to manage this as well as he can because he wants him to play for New Zealand, and rightly so. He's a wonderful bowler, left arm, a good pace, swings the ball, and yes, for someone like Finch, who gets LBW a lot, he's going to have to he's going to have to bat, you know, very well uh, to to make runs in this series. But I think this is this could be a defining series for Finchy. They've uh, just trimmed up a touch New Zealand since yesterday with tap 290 into 270. Well, they're ranked one in the yes. world in one-day cricket. And Australia, I think, is ranked currently ranked sixth oh, or seventh. Six, yeah. yeah, something like that. So, But uh, this is this is what I know, and I get criticised for it all the time, but I think Australia is a better team than New Zealand. Oh, yes, we are. Surely in, we in, are. In any <laughs> format. But yeah. if you go on the rankings, <laughs> we're a long way. Yeah. I, I think Afghanistan's in front of us on the rankings. So rankings, rankings, rankings. I know, but I know. what I'm saying is, mate, we also just lost to Zimbabwe mm. in Game Three. So this this should be a good series. I still think Australia should win, but but it's going to be a good series. Chicken chow on the text line.
A grade for Wests. Turn it up, Clarky. Collins, my idol. Says Chicken Chow. What happened to the fast bowler chicken that you loved? Big tall fella from New Zealand. What was his name? Oh, Kyle. Jemison. Jemison. I thought he yeah. was your favourite. Can't have two favourites. He's chicken. Got injured, is he? Jemison. Not sure. Not sure. $1.42 to $1.46 Australia. Uh, later this morning, we'll get Clarky to give us a, a tip and a high bat. We'll come back to that. Uh, well, firstly, front page of the Australian today. Pair of Aussie. Villain Storm New York and a picture there of Nick Kyrgios and Alia Tomjanovic. Although Tomjanovic hardly a villain, uh, she was perceived that way after knocking out Serena Williams. But the crowds really uh, endeared her, endeared to her now after uh, the way she handled knocking out Serena and a great performance there yesterday. She's into the final eight, but uh, this manly situation. So let's well. On the back page of the Herald, I'm still wanted as captain. DCE denies Eagles uprising. Uh, Back page of the Daily Telegraph. Do you want to play for this man? Players survey to help decide Hasler's fate. Jeez, it looks a club in turmoil. So News Corp reporting here that as part of the end of season review there at Manly, players were asked by the football department, according to this report, to complete an anonymous survey of which the chief executive, Tony Mestrov, didn't know about. And among the questions... How would you feel about a new coach next year? Uh, apparently only half the squad, by the way, attended their end of season slash Mad Monday gathering at Brookvale on Sunday. Um, Paul Kent mentioned on NRL 360 last night that Des Hasler locked owner Scott Penn out of the dressing room Friday night uh, after the last game of the season against the Dogs. Denny Widler last night, which is, uh, I guess, a similar subject is on the back page of the Herald, sat down with Tom Trebojevic and Daly Cherry Evans, who volunteered themselves to Denny and clearly some other media as well to say, look, well, Daly's saying I've reached out to the team. Apparently everything's sweet. Tom Trebojevic sat next to him and said, I support the coach. I love Manly. I want to stay. Daly's our, I support the captain. Daly's our captain. <laughs> what do you read into this, loss? Oh, someone's telling lies. Mm. Someone's telling lies. There's conflicting reports, and I'm sure there's a bit of truth in everything, um, but I'm sure that people are withholding back information. There's no doubt that Des is under pressure. Locking the chairman out of the dressing shed's probably not a, a great move from Desi. I mean, the, the owner, I should mm. say, not the chairman, the owner. Um, but that's been Des's way for a long time, is to have that control. He's got to relinquish f- that, though, now, doesn't he, Loss? It seems like Tony Mestrov Well, at least some Scott part Penn. of the control. Des will yeah. have to relinquish it. The football department doing the survey. Now, does the football department, is that Des's foot role? Or is it above Des, mm. the football department? Who is the football department? Did the coach know about it? If the coach didn't know about it, there's all hell to pay. Because the coach would want to know what his players, uh, the information that, that is being fed to them. Um, well, we're told that Des runs everything around football at Manly. So did Des put the question in? Well, if Des has done it, he wants to sort of see what type of support he's got. That, that's what Des is doing. Mm. But I, I don't know I don't know too, too many coaches that had put themselves out there to have a survey done about whether you'd want a new coach next year. Why would you do that? 
What, what would you? It's a bit like you, Lee or Clarky, saying, "All right, I'm going to do a survey here. Who doesn't want us on the big sports breakfast next year?" You're going to get a plenty of people say we don't want them. <laughs> Same in the footy club. You're going to get plenty of people that say, say yeah. "Mate, we don't want that coach." So I, I can't imagine Des being involved in it, mm. which is wrong. So they're, they're, it sounds like they're trying to drive Des out. Mm. They don't want him there. They want him to walk without having to pay him. So who and, is and, it and the then? longer it goes on. The potential is there for a massive blow-up and to have guys like Daly Cherry Evans, Tommy Trebojevic and Jake Trebojevic just walk out and say, listen, we want out. <laughs> this this club is too hectic for us. We don't want to be a part of it anymore. Everyone's uh, you know, working against each other here. We're not being supportive of each other. These are not the values that I've signed up to play with this club for, you know. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they walked. Oh, I'd, I'd be shocked. You, Tom and Jake, Monavale, what, Raiders. I know you could have said, said the same thing about Adam Reynolds, but they are as manly as manly gets. I could say the same thing about a lot of players. <laughs> they, they eventually walk when things aren't right. I, I lo- This is a great example of... What about the interview with Danny Widler? With... Daily Cherry Evans and Tommy. Like, awesome. e- even though they've come out and said, no one believes them. So this is when I was a player and everyone said, mate, nah, you've got to go and speak to the media or you've got to explain it. Oh, what for? And I used to say, what for? Right now, if we've got issues or something's not right in the team, then we need to prioritise that and focus on that. Everything else will sort itself out. Let's make sure we are going in the same direction. Let's make sure we have got the same common goal. Let's make sure whoever's got beef, let's sit together and talk about it openly to fix the problem. If it can be fixed. If it can't be fixed, then let's also admit that, that we're going to agree to disagree. Yet chasing public uh, support, um, it, it never works like that. Mate, Daily Cherry Evans and Tom Tommy T can sit there and hold hands and tell the world that, yet yeah, we all want... DCE is cap. Mate, it doesn't matter whether you're liked or not. It matters whether you're respected. It matters if you're the right person to be the leader, to be the captain. That's all that matters. Go and win games of footy, and no one cares if you're best friends or not. It's now everything's just getting add that to the list, add that to the list, add that mm. to the list. They come out with Denny Widler and made it very clear. Tommy wants to stay. Tommy loves Desi. Tommy loves DCE. DCE wants to captain. DCE's telling us that he's spoken to, to the senior players and we're all heading in the same direction. Does anyone sit here and believe it? No. no. Because <laughs> I would, then I turn the channel over and watch Fox 360 or whatever it was called, footy, whatever that's, that show's called, and all four journalists on there are just smoking them, saying, nah, not true. He can't be captain. They're not getting on. Tommy's going to leave. Like, so... They've wasted their breath because the media is not listening to them anyway. That's what I'm saying. You're better off just sometimes. Warney said it perfectly. Mm. Never complain, never explain. And it's so true. In that situation, you can't win. So don't waste your breath. Don't give anyone the interview. Don't do the interview for that reason to try and get fans or media on your side. Just get your head down, work your butt off, turn things around. If there are issues in the club, then sort them out. That's what leadership's about. I love that. Never complain. Never, never explain. explain. Mate, you it's can't. Warm. In, in 90% of situations like this, and then if you don't say anything, don't get me wrong. Mm. You're going to get smoked as well. But they just wasted their breath yesterday. 
And everyone sits there and looks at it and goes, whoa, did they really? Like, if you don't get your point across exactly how you want it as well, you put yourself under more pressure. Or in that interview with Denny Widler, love Denny, love nine, it wasn't live. It was cut and paste. So what happened to the other 15 minutes they were talking? We don't even see that. So again, if you're going to do an interview like that, I'm saying to the journo or to the channel or to the club, mate, this is a live press conference. So everyone can see and hear every single word. They can see my tone, hear my tone. They can see my hand reaction. They can. There's no cut and paste here. You get it all clear as day from me. Because again, you can make it that. Well, the guys on, the journo's on 360. It's like they didn't even watch Denny's interview. They disagreed with everything that the two players were coming out and saying. The players are saying they're fine. They're saying they're in the right direction, yet the turnos an hour later are disagreeing with them. What is clear, the Pride jersey fiasco brought to a head a lot of things that's probably been bubbling along in the background of that Well, there's club. a divide. That, that, that's the clear indication that I get from what happened recently. Mm. There's, there's a divide in the playing group. There's some supporters of the players and there's other players that don't support them at all. Now, that doesn't mean they don't dislike them, but you've got some players that want to play finals football. You've got other players that want to stand up and support um, the gay and lesbian community. Um, And what's happening at the moment is that the playing group, just through their performances, have shown us that they're not committed to one another. Mm. And, and you can be not committed for a number of reasons. You look at the Tigers, they're not committed, but I don't know what their reasons are. But this Manly fiasco, it all... I think it started before this, but it's just been bubbling away and they've been winning games and, you know, papering over the cracks and we get through to the next week and things hopefully will come together. But there's bigger issues at play and I think the thing that's brought it to a head was the fact that those seven players pulled out of that game. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Give us a call, 13-53-53, and plenty of your say here on the text line at the moment. Now, uh, hey, boys, as a Manly fan, I'd like to see Jake Trebojevic as captain. We need a leader, not just a captain. As for Des, I'd be happy if he got a quality, experienced assistant coach to work with him. Cheers, Cookie. Well, I think this is one of the areas they're looking at is Loz, is the fact they want to sort of parachute some assistance in, but every coaching staff wants their own. Well, every coach wants their own coaching yeah, and staff. Yeah, is very loyal pick. to the people that he appoints in those positions mm. as well. So Des obviously got trust in the assistants. He's got trust in the conditioning staff. Um, but there's a real power play at hand here. It, it seems like there's a faction within the club that want to take control back from Des. And Des is not willing to give back control that he has. So we, we have to see how it's all going to unfold. But the playing group would certainly be behind Des. There's a split in the playing group. So I don't know whether... Well, I think Des has got the support of the whole playing group because he was very sympathetic to the seven hmm. as well. Hmm. But I think there is a split in the playing group. I think there's support for Des... And then you've got the other issue of Des and administration not seeing eye to eye. So there's fractures everywhere. Mm. So, so th- that's the issue that they're facing at the moment, mainly. There's apparently a meeting Thursday. Tony Mestrov, Scott Penn, Des Hasler, and Des Hasler's agent, George Mimas. You'd love to be in that meeting. 
Well, they've got to get it sorted out. The, the last stuff. thing that Manly needs is to have a pre-season with all this still bubbling along because that'll affect them going into next year. So they've, they've got to come to a situation where everything is out in the open and they've got to have tough, honest conversations regardless of how it's going to end up. Because if they don't have the truth and they don't sort it out, it'll just keep festering away and you'll lose another year. Uh, more texts here. Brett Fulton will coach Manly in three years. Full in three years' time. Full stop, says the Merc at Manly. Uh, morning, boys. The Manly fiasco was made up by Adam O'Brien to deflect the pressure <laughs> off him and the Newcastle Knights. Lol. Cheers, Newey boy. Um, how fake was that interview last night? I was waiting for Des to come out with them and start singing Kumbaya. Couldn't happen to a nicer club, says Peter. Could not agree with Pup more. The priority of the boys to come out and say they're all buddy and buddy is pretty irrelevant. The rumour starts somewhere, and the fact it's all come to a T now seems to be that they're driving Des to walk by creating these stories. Smith the Saint sending that one through. Uh, just another issue as well, uh, reported on the back page of the Daily Telegraph from our man, man Dean Bulldog Richie under the headline ticket failed, Bunnies fans high and dry. Uh, Allian sending the wrong, wrong code to Bunnies members so they couldn't buy tickets to the elimination final. Tell me that's not the most suspicious thing ever. It's a dollar five odds Uncle Nick works some magic there. No name to that text message. But, uh, yeah, so yesterday when... Uh, it was opened up to South members to buy their tickets for Sunday afternoon against the Roosters elimination final. Uh, they were given the wrong code by the NRL because the NRL runs the finals matches, not the clubs. Yeah. So it was all rectified about an hour later and the NRL profusely apologised to the Bunnies. But uh, And they've held base back the NRL for South Sydney members. So while they may have missed out yesterday, I think if they got online yesterday afternoon or today there'll still be suits available for them. The other one that I heard, you know, was that they sent out this code, but the code was spread around on social media. So every time so everyone, could, yeah, everyone could go online and and get it. Well, yeah, I can see how that would happen because it comes through on, on, on an email to South mem- South members. It takes one person to well, it screenshot through on it. A, or on a, on a Roosters member and yeah. they screenshot it, yeah. put it on social media. Yeah. And no then one. everyone's got it anyway. Yeah. It's got to be a better way. There needs to be a better way. Um, more texts here. G'day, lads. Being a Manly fan, I think Des has lost the group, unfortunately. As I love him, I'd love to see Shane Flanagan as head coach and Jake as captain. Brett from Oran Park Man. sending that one through. Um, morning, Des. Uh, morning, boys. Des is and always will be a sook. Doesn't accept a difference in opinion. Never has. He should never be close to a football club after the backloaded deals and mess that he left the Bulldogs in. Cheers the tune, uh, sending that one through. Now, uh, just going to some racing news as well. Forgot, forgot all about it. How did King Gutho go on the text line? Well, supporters of King Gutho, and there's a few, I've had some messages about it telling me you've got to get on for this in the Kosciuszko at these odds and those odds. Uh, yesterday... The Joe Cleary train, King Gutho. I don't know if you saw it, Loz. No. Maybe a great omen for not only our man, Clint Gutherson, who will be on in just less than an hour, and also the Parramatta Eels. Absolutely walked in yesterday at Queenmead. Walked in easily with Alicia Collett in the saddle, paid two thirty on the New South Wales tote, and went 26 into $18 for the Kosciuszko yesterday. I'd love to see Joey get a run in the Kosciuszko. We spoke to him last week down there at Walsh's Hotel, Queenmead. 
Um, he's a good trainer. He's got a couple of good horses in his stable. And King Gutho, it might be an omen. Mido, Parramatta are on a roll. And Gutho, King Gutho's on a roll on the racetrack as well. And is there a greater tease than Foxy Cleopatra at the moment? Just push back again. Bendigo Thursday. I see it's nom for now. Or have you got further news for us, Loz? Oh, no. Well, we're, we're out tomorrow. So you're going to a 1,400-metre maiden. You're nommed for at Bendigo. Yep. We've got to run soon, Mito. We've got to run soon. But, Foxy, we want to make sure we pick our mark first up. Jeez, you're waiting for the perfect conditions, aren't you? <laughs> you'd want to win. Well, I've looked up and I've looked Mate, down. I've looked up and I've looked down. We're, gonna, we're being so patient. You've taught you'd me at the co- win. coin toss, pup. You've got to look up well, you've got to look down. Only if you're in London. <laughs> you're not playing we in London. We are in Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, just have a bat. Just go win the toss, bat. See how you go. Oh, no. Worst I'll... case, you're going to nick it. She's a little baby. I want to look after. <laughs> oh, she'd want to win. I want to look after. Oh, she won't be winning this race. She'll be well, winning the big fish. Mate, she mightn't race till she's five the way she's going. I'm happy with that. <laughs> well, then I hope she does win her first race. I'm happy. She won and retired. I just want her ready to go. And when I give the Whenever signal... That is. I will deliver the signal on this program. Come on, Foxy. And we will unload. Have you asked her? Her opinion? She might be ready to go. Stop holding her back. No, she, she's, she's ready, but we don't want to put too much pressure on her. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. put too much pressure the on her? The next winks. Yeah, no, not, not on the surface. The Oaks. Yeah, well, she'll win everything. She'll uh, win the, the Everest. She'll win the oh, Oaks. I'd like to see her run once Why first. far lap? <laughs> we should probably Seriously. throw her in the George Main in a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, why time. not? Uh, Sweet. You get Jay Mac to ride her. I oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry, he'll be chasing her. He'll be chasing her. Now, morning, boys. Ticket Tech should have done what they did to buy grand final tickets, and you had to put your membership number and seat to get confirmed that you are a member. That seems like a common sense approach. George. <laughs> Sending that one through. Morning, boys. Best way to fix the issue at Manly is to dissolve the club and bring back the Bears. Thanks, Booty. I've been saying that for years, Booty. I totally agree. Um, by the way, pretty wild. Have we had any nah, sort of... I don't know what she's doing. Might be in pre-training or anything like that or still chewing grass. Nothing. Uh, I have Zilch. no idea. Um, and I haven't been on email. So let me let me try and dig in. Pour back. Yeah, let me find out for yeah. you. That'd be good. Yeah. Keep you posted. Thank you. You're welcome. It's confirmed yesterday. We won't be hiding her, that's for sure. No. If she's, it's game day, it's game day. You don't pick and choose your, oh, it's a little bit wet or it's a bit, I don't want to get wet with the rain or, you know, she's she's happy to have a crack. Well, she's shown she likes yeah. a bit of cut out of the track. Mm. She'll have a go. Mm. And like Loz, you'd have no idea at this stage whether you're a dry tracker or a wet tracker. Or Wouldn't have a clue, mid Belt no, no, no one's They call him a flat track ownership. bully, that's what they call him. <laughs> call, you, call you Matthew Hayden. Put him on a road and lock him in for 300. Otherwise, no, nah, I'm not playing today. <laughs> Haydos used to hate that. Now, That's what they used to say. <laughs> big, powerful opener was a flat track bully. He used to hate it. Uh, some more reports here from yesterday. King Gutho walked in and Raider 88 ran like Laurie at the back end of his career. Cost me. That is a sledge. Mitch from Robertson sending that one through. You can return serve. No, well, I'll... I'll... Tell you this, Mitch from Robbo, um, Raider 88 missed the kick. Drew the inside barrier, missed the kick, finished strongly, actually. She's uh, only a little thing. Um, but no, I was, I was quite happy with her run. Quite happy with Raider 88. 
Uh, hey, Loz, Foxy should run on the Wednesday at Rose Hill during the lunch for a fill-up. That would be something. I'd say if you're on a VRC Oaks path and it's got Victorian trainers, though, I think you'll be staying yeah. down south. No, we'll be staying down south. It'll be romantic, though. I'll bring her up here one year. Um, Manly starts at the top, and this is all Penn's fault. Twice he's been approached by Vale Ski Resort to buy the club, and twice he's... He accepted to then knock them back. They no longer want to deal with him. They had plans to change Brookvale Oval into a brilliant stadium with a mix of retail and residential apartments that would have given the area a major boost as well as the team. That is from Ashley at Eleonora Heights. All right, let's start deep diving into some of these semifinals this week. Let's start with Friday night where Penrith are $1.40. The Eels, $3. So they're out of touch since yesterday, Parramatta. Um, Tell you what. The fullbacks, Clint Gutherson, his last two weeks have been up there with the best performances, I would say, in his career, even Loz, and uh, he's had some pretty good years. And Dylan Edwards, we often say, is probably the best value player in the NRL considering what he's paid and what he's delivering for the Penrith side. And you're right, both those players are important pieces to their respective sides. Gutho brings plenty of energy. He brings great leadership. He he organises the defensive system so well for Parramatta. And he's always on the ball. He's always pushing through the middle. He's always out there on an edge. He's always driving his team. He always sets a standard. Um, He's always there on on every support play. Um, And he's a guy at the moment that just is driving this team to have success. And I think you know, part of the reason that 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 he does that is he's so well respected, but he's got the energy to do it. You know, he's very fit, and to play fullback, you need to be fit, aerobically good, and he just pushes himself to max out in in every game. Um, and and Gutho is a, is a guy that's so well respected out there that that is able to to get players to perform at their best. And, and Dylan Edwards. You know, you look at Penrith's success over the last couple of seasons and we speak about, you know, Nathan Cleary and Isaiah Yeo in terms of how they attack and how you know, Cleary's kicking game builds pressure. But it's the back of the field where they do a lot of their damage because it allows Cleary and Yeo to get into their set structure. It allows Cleary to kick better because he's on the front foot because the back five do so much work and Dylan Edwards leads the way in terms of yardage. Um, you know, he's not a fullback that likes to play out the back on those sweeping plays and he has the lovely three-on-two and he he has that cut-out pass that puts the wing away. That That's not his go. His go is more around the middle of the field, testing the tired forwards with his jinking and stopping and then explosive runs. Um, and he's, he's always poking his nose through the defensive line. He's always gaining 10 metres with a carry and he gets them on the front foot. So... The battle of the fullbacks is so important, but it'll be the battle of the kicking games and the defensive system who can outlast and stay resilient and be disciplined when they get the opposition coming off their own try line. You've got to work hard on limiting the amount of yardies that Penrith have coming out of trouble. That's their big strength. If you can get them kicking from inside their own 20 or 30, you've done a really good job. And Parramatta, for them, it's about... You know, Gutho supporting Blake, Opacek, P- 
Penasini, these type of guys, trying to do a number on them when they're carrying the ball in the backfield because I think that's so important for both teams. I've sensed you're on the para train. Yeah, I, in the I, last few days, I'm I'm nervous for Panthers. I, I and I'm part of me really hopes I'm proved wrong. Like I just think Penrith have been amazing all year, and if they were to go on and win the grand final, I, I'd be you know yeah. I'd sit here and go, yep, they deserve it. And no one, you know, a lot of teams deserve to get there, but I, I think they have been standout team yeah. all year. There's no doubt I'll about t- it. But I'm I'm I, I'm going to back Para. I actually think Para will beat them because, again, their number one player hasn't played for five weeks. No matter how good he is, I think he's going to be a bit. He's not going to have that match fitness. Even if he had one game before this game, I think it'd be a different conversation. But to rest eleven players, I just think they're going to start with a tiny bit of rust or a tiny bit slow. And I just, I just think Para, Para, this is this is their chance, Para. Everything at the moment is in their favour. Yeah. They've got as many players fit as possible. Uh, Penrith are, again, tiny bit of rust. I just think this is their chance. It's interesting with Parra, and I'm going to ask Gutho about it, how he felt at the back end of that game last week, where Melbourne didn't look like winning that game, mm. and they still didn't towards the end. But gave they, themselves they, a chance. They gave themselves mm, a chance. Yeah. I'm just wondering... Um, you know, because Campbell Gillard and, and Junior Polo, you know, they play big minutes and they're playing really well and they put a lot of energy into the, the start of their game, which you have to do. Yeah. And I'd need to have a look at the numbers, you know, over the last couple of weeks about, you know, their, their, their handling and, you know, the numbers that the, the forwards have played and, and all that type of things and how many errors they've conceded in the last 20 minutes and missed tackles and... but but. That, that was a concern for me, the, the fact that they were such a dominant team in that game but still allowed Melbourne to come back and could have taken it the extra time. So, so I want to get where Parramatta are at. And I think that Penrith could start slowly on Friday night, mm. but I also think that they'll finish stronger. Mm. I also think they'll finish stronger because I think they'll find their rhythm. They might be out of their rhythm early. But Paulo and Campbell Gillard, they, they set the tone. And, you know, you're coming up against a guy like James Fisher-Harris, who's a tremendous player, you know, tough as nails and carries that team forward. But Moses Leota's another one. So I, I think it'll be a battle in the middle. Um, and Parramatta, defensively, they'll, they'll have to get up in the face of this Penrith outfit and, and try and rattle their cage a bit and put Cleary and Luai under pressure. Because if they do that, then they will be able to force a few errors. But if they just sit back a little bit and be a bit passive through the middle and give Cleary time to find his rhythm and Luai time to find their rhythm, they'll get better as the game goes on. Um, but it's a, it's a fascinating contest because I, I, I could make a case for both teams. I, I really could. The Melbourne-Canberra match is so interesting. Uh, Melbourne $1.42, Canberra $2.90. And yesterday... Uh, Elliot Whitehead was certainly talking up the Raiders' finals chances. Uh, we, we have in our heads that Canberra has this sort of recent domination over the Melbourne Storm. In but Melbourne. It's, in Melbourne. It's not necessarily the case. Mm. Yes, they've won their past four matches at Amy Park, including in uh, July this year, where they won 20-16 to 16 down there. But before that match this year, they'd actually lost their previous five matches to the Melbourne Storm. The venues of those games, though, Wagga, Brisbane, Canberra, Brisbane, Canberra. And then the three previous before that, going back to 2019 and early 
2020 were those matches at Amy Park. Mm. So that's when Canberra obviously made the grand final. 20, 20, oh, no, that was 2018. 2018. 2018 or 19. Well, no, it the, was 2019. One of the greatest strengths is their forward pack. And, and mm. Melbourne's, yeah, they, they established themselves through the middle with Bromwich and Nelson and Christian Welsh when he was playing. So, so their forwards were always trying to be dominant. And, and, and the Raiders handled Melbourne's forward pack. They, they just handled them. And you got Tarpany, Papa Lee, Hudson Young's playing terrific football, Elliot Whitehead. They've got you know, three big blokes coming off the, off the interchange bench. And, and they, they've got the style of footy because they move the ball. They create some second phase. You've got White and big left foot. The challenges is the line um, going in at, at Jerome Hughes. They've got players that, that really challenge Melbourne to make their tackles. You know, Melbourne are very good systematically in defence, but as individuals at times, they can miss plenty. And the Raiders play a game where they can get you in a one-on-one situation and, and expose you that way rather than allowing the system from the inside out to help make that tackle. Um, and, and they've got strong runners in Seb Chris, uh, Timoko, um, and they've improved as the season's gone on. Xavier Savage is a really good player. Mm. You think Roosters did a good job on Latrell uh, on Friday night. That, that'd that be an issue for the Raiders this week. The, the fact that I reckon Melbourne will really try and target young Savage. And I reckon they'll try and put him under as much pressure as they possibly can. So Rapina uh, will have to do a lot of work. Kotrick will have to do a lot of work. Because if I'm... If, you, if you're savage, you're trying to give the ball off to the wingers early because I think what they'll try and do, Melbourne, is kick, try and isolate Savage and get right into him, really test him for a young man playing his first finals series. So, But other than you know, other areas of the game, I, I think Canberra match up really well. And Savage is going to be a wonderful player for Canberra. He's got great speed, anticipation, but just the back of, his field, uh, the, back of the field at the moment, teams are starting to, to get him a little bit, and I reckon Melbourne will put a big focus on him. On Saturday night. Gee, it's tight. TFO and Nadal uh, set each to all in the third set. Nadal serving, so on serve, up 30-15 in their fourth round match there at Flushing Meadows. Are you wearing the same outfit there? Or different, no? Uh, I just need to get a shot back in it. No, they're different. Oh, no, different. No. Yeah. Jeez. Quite a lot different. Like you're looking in the mirror. You Red, okay? Red shorts, white shirt. Did I'm you not have sure that workout? I'm not sure that's a lot different. Oh, that's what I found out. I, I don't what know whether we out? mentioned it on the program or not last week when we had Jared Croker. What's, what's he's he got said? your red shoes? Oh, is he? Yes. Oh, he got a pair as well, did he? No, no, no. He's actually got he's mine. He's got your shoes. Oh, the T Berry shoes. <laughs> T Berry shoes because Tommy bought the shoes at the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch. luncheon. Yeah. Yep. All right. Forgot you for life. Yep. And he either didn't have a man cave or something was happening with the man cave. And he gave them to Jared. So Jared's put them in his man cave. Oh, there you so go. So there you go. That's where your red shoes so are now. And you signed them, obviously. Yeah, you got yeah. them signed. Yeah. At least they're safe. They're yeah. in oh, Jared nice Croker's man cave. They're right? in Jared Croker's man cave. Love it. Love it. Amazing where they can end up. Well, as long as they stay there, I'm comfortable. So where do they go from here? Uh, no, no, no. He's quite wrapped in them, Jared. He was happy to get them. Just because yeah. he and Tommy are very good mates. Yeah. He also said that Tommy 
just like just not riding well at the moment. Sorry, Tommy, that's what you told me. <laughs> um, I love how you sledge Tommy through someone yeah, else. I hey, I can only repeat what people have told me. <laughs> oh, so you're just you're just I'm the messenger. I'm, the mess- I'm stuck Always in the middle. shoot the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck in the middle. So you've sledged Tommy's riding via Tommy's Jared. Well, boy, he's best mate. He's just who told me that he's oh, riding okay, right. yeah. ordinary at the moment. That's all. Mm. Mm, okay. Well. So I can I can only repeat what I've been told. Mm. Okay. Right. These that, they're not my words. They're Jared Croker's words right. about his mate Tommy. <laughs> if Tommy like... wants to respond, he can ring up. <laughs> yeah. The number Tommy one three five three five three. Love to take your call, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh... Just out of interest, pup. What was what, what was your dad's reaction to your um, photo shoot? With the RM Williams well, on the weekend. Tell, I, tell I, us, tell us how he. Oh, did, did I you look after you? I didn't dad? go see him. No, I spoke to him on the phone. He was chilled. He was on the couch. I don't think he oh. really wanted to see me. He wasn't that bothered. I think oh, I deleted his message. He texted me not yesterday, the day before, yeah. and said hi. Just letting you know, your father is a fan of RMs. Hint, hint. And I was like, oh. yes, he would be your father. He loves RMs. Yes. And my old man is he's. He's as country as yeah. you'll find for a city boy. Yeah. Like you put him on property and he's in yeah. heaven. When I had uh, acreage down in Berrima, he wouldn't let anybody else work there. He was there every single day yeah. and just in his prime. Oh, he'd love it, just pottering around Mate, doing stuff. he's yeah. just always something to do. Like as kids, you always take, took my sister and I horse riding and he was like yeah. a pro and I was hanging on for dear life, but he's proper country. He, yeah. he's, he'd prefer to live in the country for sure. Isn't it funny? My old man was a tinkerer. Like he'd walk around and find something and oh. do it. Or, or, I've got How handy. Of, they can I've do got anything. none of that in Yeah, no. Nah. They're the ultimate handy. <laughs> none <man>. of it. <laughs> Same. Dad comes up to my house now yeah. and he'll, or something will be wrong with the, the pavers or yeah. so he'll be on the gurney yeah. or. Well, your, no, mower, you your mower needs fixing yeah, or, or something. Yeah. He'll tinker around with yeah. it or. There's always something. something to do with your, your house or your fence. I've got 15 oh, lights out. I can sit on the lounge <laughs> and I'd be watching him do stuff. No. And he'd be going, yeah, yeah. Gonna give me a hand? I go, Dad. No, no I got no idea. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't want to learn. I got a confession for something I did earlier this year. I got a flat pack for a chest of drawers. Mm-hmm. How'd you go with it? From IKEA, of course. Temple and Webster, or one of those. Shorts. Same, same. Yep. I got Air Tasker. Yeah, that's like, what. <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> I got a guy no, well, Air Tasker underrated. <laughs> Very, mate, oh. You can spend three hours doing it yourself or get someone well, that started, knows what they're doing and it takes 15 minutes. I started. And when you get those I think things that's smart. from those joints, do you know how disassembled they are? Even no. the drawers, like you had to, like the bottom, like, even right. the drawers don't come assembled. Oh. Everyone that There's says little... IKEA is unbelievable, I'm saying only because you know how to put it together. IKEA is disgraceful for someone like me. You buy it, you don't know how to put it there. You might just leave it in the box. I got a mate around, Matty Gary, one, one year to like put it. Matty Gary. Yeah, you know, Matty Gary. <laughs> So he put up this, the basketball ring. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. one of those. Anyhow, it took us forever mm-hmm. to put up. It would have taken us four or five hours. <laughs> four or five hours. How drunk are And there was the one part that we had left over. Oh, no. One bolt missing. One bolt. <laughs> Whole thing came down. Oh, no, no, no. It's just, we just did the old, no, it'll work. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Till it collapses. Oh, it, I think it collapsed about 
I don't think I've ever put something together. Something. I don't reckon I've ever put something together <laughs> where there's not five screws. For I, I think, I think the oh. company must put extras in <laughs> in case you miss out, like in case you, you lose oh. a few. We were there for ages. We were having a couple of beers doing it, oh. and mate, I'm telling you, yeah. we had one part left. You don't want to know where that was meant to go. No, just but throw that looks, out so it no looks one. Stable. It looks <laughs> solid. And... Is it still standing? Well, the kids had a good Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of tradies listen to our show. They're just oh, appalled by yeah. us at the moment. How embarrassed they be. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Jamie, so unhandy. Jamie Rogers, morning to you. How does Dave go on the tools? Do you know, it's funny. He actually was really bad when we first started dating, but my older brother is a builder. So he mm. then went and bought Dave a tool kit and taught him a few things. So Dave actually is a really good handyman these days. What, because he got a toolkit? Tool well, and worked with my brother. Like, didn't work with my brother, but Tim showed him all these, like, tips and tricks. And, okay. and then Dave gets out there and sort of potters around out the back in the garden and builds things. And yeah, i got a camera, but that doesn't make me a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> no, he actually genuinely really likes going out. He's not good. I haven't said he's good. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> he yep, can yep. do it. Yeah, right. he can do it. You'd be if, you have go, a, if you have a go, yes. I reckon yeah. you're halfway there. Yeah. I'm not even willing to have a go because oh, I know I'm that bad. Uh, my, my, Michelle is, is <laughs> good. as good as you will ever see. Yeah, really? As, uh, well, as maybe that's handyman. why you just stay on the couch because you know the wife's going to do it better than you. She changed why the shower head the other day. She had a toilet seat chained. Oh, my God. She's doing it on her own. Mate, on her own. Were you embarrassed? Yeah, I'm, no. I'm, not, I'm not into that. I'm <laughs> not into that. Went, went and bought it myself. See, I'd be, a, I'd be ashamed. I can buy it. Yeah, bought it and then changed it. I can buy it. Did I they, can't change but it. But this is the thing. Didn't even ask me to help. <laughs> <laughs> so Didn't good. even ask. So good. Oh. Oh, that's funny. Um, guys, AFL legend Wayne Carey's in a little bit of trouble this morning. So there's reports, and he has come out and spoken about this incident. He's been banned from Crown Casino for two years, and he's now temporarily stood down from Channel 7 and Triple M. Now, this is after he was caught with a bag of white powder and what happened, he had a little Ziploc bag filled with the substance. It fell out of his pocket onto the gaming room tables and staff then activated an alarm. Casino security came down, questioned him. He did say, this is mine and CCTV also confirmed it did fall out of his pocket. He has then said, it's not illegal and he did try and tell that to security but they didn't want to take the bag and he they've all said it's not a good look and he left without any incident so he has said that the bag was crushed up anti-inflammatory tablets which he had taken with dinner so as a result of him being kicked out of the casino he actually also had to leave Crown Hotel which is where he's been staying ahead of the Fremantle Bulldogs elimination final and it also means he won't be allowed to attend the Brownlow medal count because that's at Crown Palladium in Melbourne. So for the next two years, we will see him non-existent amongst Crown Casino. Yeah, gee, you can find some drama. What else is going on, JR? Um, boys, just still on the AFL. I know we've been speaking about all the, the fantastic finals that we saw on the weekend, but they're looking like they're set to sign the richest broadcasting deal in Australian sports history. And this is because nine have come to the table and they've offered $500 million a year. So it'd be a $2.5 billion offer. It would start in 2025 and run for five seasons. And according to the Daily Telegraph, it could be finalised as soon as tonight. They are saying it's actually more likely to be later in the week, but it could be as soon as tonight. So it follows that Nine and Stan missed out on the NRL streaming rights, so they're going really hard for the AFL. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Nine and Ten will both want to 
get content for their respective streaming services yeah. to compete with Foxtel. Absolutely. And that's only going to help drive rights up in this country. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, by, I'll tell you what, by the end of the 2020s, how we watch sport is going to be fascinating. Mm. I think it's going to be everywhere. I think digital rights <laughs> holders have just bought IPL from an outbitted star. So I think okay, that's yep. digital as well as of this coming season starting in April, or okay. end of March. So I think that sold for billions. A billion? Yeah. Jeez. So ridiculous numbers, but <laughs> goes to show there's they obviously think there's money to be made there. I think it'll get to the point where you'll see Thursday night footy or with Friday night footy with one network, mm. you know, the weekend with another. Monday night footy could be back or Thursday night footy, I think. That, and that'll be a separate deal. They'll package it up separately, I think, by the end of this decade. But, mm. yeah, it's uh, one to watch, JR. Thanks so much. Thanks, You'll be back with the news at seven. Um, now, on the text line here, Rod wanted to point out with the Cronulla uh, situation and the Cowboys that they haven't beaten them. I'm just trying to find the text here. Yeah, Mido, why didn't you mention how the Sharks dominate the Cowboys, have not lost to them since 2017, says Rod and Nara. That's very true. So how many games did that? Three, four, five, eight in a row the Sharks have won against the Cowboys. Uh, that's stretching back to 2018, of course, remembering the Cowboys made that grand final in 2017, then had some, well, 18, 19, 20, 21, essentially four very lean years for that club. And here they've re-emerged out of nowhere uh, this year. But, yeah, this 2v3 battle Saturday night, uh, the market with Tab has Cronulla $1.67 and the Cowboys $2.20. So this is the tightest market as it stands heading into the weekend, the 2v3 match. But that is uh, a very strong recent record the Sharkies have over the Cowboys' loss. Is it that clear cut, though, heading into Saturday night? Oh, finals are never clear cut. Always something can happen. And, you know, I think all I'm anticipating, all these games will be very tight this weekend. The fact that the Sharks are playing at home, I think that's a massive advantage. Um, The Cowboys travel down to Sydney. The Sharks have a good record against them. They will have most players available for selection. Looks like Talakai will play. Uh, So that's a big inclusion for Cronulla. I I just like the way that Cronulla are playing as a team. The Cowboys, you know, been a little bit off of late, but they've found their rhythm. And I thought last weekend against an understrength Penrith side, they expected, uh, well, they played how we expected them to, and that was to be dominant and look good. And that gives them a, a good tune-up coming into this game against the Sharks. But look, the Sharks got an underrated forward pack. The halves are very creative in Moylan and... Hines and Nico Hines has had a fantastic year. Um, uh, Miller, the fullback, has done a really good job since Will Kennedy has been out. I'm unsure of whether Kennedy will be back this weekend or not. He's a good player, that Miller. Yeah, he's a very good player. You know, a sevens rugby union player converting over to league. I I think he played league as a junior, but Mm. still, he's been out of the game for a while. Um, To adjust the way he has done has been exceptional. Um, And then you've got, you know, Jesse Ramey is playing his best football. He's had a great year. Very good. He's got a, a try on the weekend mm. where he intercepted the pass. He just anticipated that so well, defending on his line. Um, I, I expect them to, to win this game, the Sharkies. Um, the Cowboys are still got in the back of my mind. Can they win consistently away from home? 
Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it's just going to be a wonderful final series, Mido. I think when you look at it at the end of the day, it's a shame that some of these teams are starting to get a few injuries. Uh, because I would have loved to have seen them all at full strength. You imagine if Melbourne were at full strength. You imagine if, you know, the Roosters were at full strength. South, you know, these are the teams that have got a couple of injury concerns at the moment. And the rest are pre- pretty much injury-free, you know. Parramatta, Eels, Sharkies, Cowboys, pretty much have got their best players available. So that's a massive advantage coming into the finals. Rod also points out 73, 78 and 97. The Sharks finish second. They made the grand final every time. History has a way of repeating itself. They beat you in the 97 Super League prelim final, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did, yeah. Shark Park, always a difficult place to win. Um, you know, they, they enjoy playing down there. They get a big crowd, although it's limited this year, of course, because of the fact that they're undergoing renovations at the stadium. Uh, but it's always a, a hard ground to win at. Heads up, punters. The Sticky and Smoky crew are at it again, but this time it's all about the roar of supercars at Mount Panorama. Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue are giving you and a mate the opportunity to win a VIP experience for two at this year's Bathurst 1000, including a full weekend hospitality package, grid walk, track lap and accommodation. This is a serious bucket list opportunity, so keep an eye out too. For Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue in your local IGA. And if you can't find them, then ask the manager to get them in. To enter, simply go to stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au and register your details. It's that easy. That's stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au. Supercars never tasted so good. And uh, on our discussion about handymen. And uh, flat packs earlier. Women do flat flat packs better because they have patience and read the instructions, whereas us men just go hell for leather and then get the craps when it doesn't work out the way we want it to. I think that's spot on. It's It's like a race to see how fast you can get it done. Patience is not our strength. No. Yeah, uh, I agree. What about the instructions you get with them? Seriously. Uh, Who reads instructions? But how bad are they? Don't know. I've never read them. Pictures and. No sort of no. text. You know the other good thing about it? It's a great excuse to invite your old man over. That's what I use. I'm like, Dad, I haven't seen you for ages. Like, when he in Sydney, come round, and then you got a list of 15 things for him to do. But that's all right. As long as he sees the, the granddaughter and you say hello, you lock him in. Yeah. Give him half an hour. Yeah. Oh. T- finish a cup of tea. And yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, Dad, I've... Got a few things I need yeah, to do. while you're here. Well, yeah. you're doing nothing while you're here. I've got to go radio. Do you mind just doing this for the next three hours? <laughs> yeah. Love you, Dad. Um, <laughs> I reckon Pen Gilly would be handy. Morning, no, Adam. No, I'm backing him out. No, no I, don't reckon, I don't reckon no. Pen Gilly's I'm any good on the tools. No. no way. Yeah. No way. I, I'm hopeless. <laughs> Ever changed the light bulb? I can barely change the light bulb. Yeah. And Loz, I heard you talking about the basketballing this morning. We got the kids a Christmas present a couple of years ago, mm. a trampoline. Have you tried to put a trampoline? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you, Loz? <laughs> Just buy the mini one. You don't have to yeah. put it together. I think no, Michelle did, uh, did, did it for me. Oh. Yeah, this was the full full caboodle, Clarkie, and I, just, oh, no. I, said, I called the father-in-law and said, you need to come over. Yeah. <laughs> well played. And, and those springs, every single spring, you've got to put in individually. Oh, oh, no. oh. no, thanks. And uh, it, I would, I wouldn't even. I actually think, for safety purposes, I shouldn't be allowed to do stuff like that. 
Yeah. If I try and put it together, my daughter jumps on the trampoline. She'll hit the ground. <laughs> I'll be liable. <laughs> it's not safe for anyone for me to even attempt that. And to, to Mido's point, why do they give you instructions just with pictures and no text? I, I can never understand that. No. Why yeah, no. Yeah. It, the instructions are Egyptian hieroglyphs. Why does not someone from Airtasker deliver the package for you and put it together? Yes, I'd pay extra. That's what I'm saying. You would definitely pay extra. Or IKEA, don't just give me the box of goodies. Send someone with the box of goodies to put it together. You'd pay extra money for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, yeah I, I need someone to put it together for yeah. me. I'm terrible. Uh, J-Mac's got to make a decision. Uh, what's the latest? Zaki, NMO, what's he going to do? Yeah, we talked about this yesterday, Jared, and I get the impression in the press this morning that James is desperately hoping these two horses don't meet in the George Main Stakes in a couple of weeks' time so they can delay his call as long as possible heading towards the Cox play. Now, as, a, as, as we all are, we're fans and punters. Uh, I want to see them meet in a couple of weeks selfishly and have, have him make a choice, but... I think he's hoping that maybe Zaki will head to Melbourne and tackle a race off the Underwood Stakes and he won't have to make that decision until they get closer to the Cox Plate because once he locks himself into a horse, there's probably not any point going back. He's there after that. I imagine the other set of connections want to stick with a rider for the rest of the campaign. So this is going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Because I'd love to see him meet in Sydney, Jared. Um, it'd be great to see him meet here in Sydney, but I, I get the impression that maybe even, maybe even the text to Zaki say, OK, We'll give you time, James. We're going to head to Melbourne and tackle a, a couple of Group One races down there. You can make your call before the Cox Plate. But uh, I tell you what, a lot of water to play. A lot of water going to the bridge yet. What's standing out for you around the Run to the Roses entries on the weekend, mate? Or who's yeah, standing the two, out? The two gun three-year-olds from Gary Portelli's yard laws. Uh, Fireburn and Sajardin have both entered to return to the races. We know Fireburn was great. She's a champion two-year-old from last season. Slipper winner size winner. Probably should have won the Triple Crown, if not for a track that completely played against her in the Champagne Stakes. So I'm very keen to see how she shapes up in the Run to the Rose. And Sajardin's always a horse I've had a big opinion of. He just didn't quite put it together towards the back end of his two-year-old campaign. I think those wet tracks probably bogged him down a little bit. So maybe we can get a dry surface there at Rosehill on the weekend. That will um, definitely play into his hands. But again, I've been harping on about it for a while, boys. It's a big test for the two-year-old form from last season. I'm, I'm a little bit... The jury's definitely out uh, where that's going to stand up in the, in the spring is for the three-year-olds. And I think the, the evidence so far is it might be a little bit dicey. So this is a real test for those two-year-olds who at the top of their game uh, last autumn. What's on the horizon, mate, for Gold Trip? Yeah, can't wait to see him, Clarky, this week in the Maccabi Davis Stakes of Flemington. He was the horse that was controversially banned from the Cox Plate last year when the vets weren't satisfied with his action. Uh, the connections, Kieran Moe and Davies, the trainers, as well as Australian Bloodstock, said that was just his action. He's a little bit scratchy in his gait. Uh, they were adamant he was right to run in that race last year. And obviously, there was a little bit of bad blood there. He's come back and had one run so far in Australia in that winter challenge. I think it was at Rose Hill um, a couple of months ago and hit the line really nicely. So... He's an extremely good import, I think. Uh, whether he can step up to Group 1 company straight away in second Australian start after a little bit of a break between runs, I'm not too sure. But watch out for him later in the campaign. He's a horse that can make his presence felt in some of our bigger races. Are you on Clarkie's paratrain for Friday night, heading towards the first uh, qualifying final? Well, Jared, at the start of the year, if you remember correctly, I tipped Parramatta to win the title. And I've been wavering ever since, probably like Loz. They've had a couple of games where I've thought, yep, they're the real deal. And other games where I think, what's going on with this team? But... The, to me, they've got a free they've got a free hit on the weekend, don't they? Like a lot of people are expecting Penrith to win. They're playing at home. They've been well rested with all those guys not going to Townsville. So, I don't see a lot of pressure on Parramatta at all. And what I will say, Jared, is even if I get beat on Friday night, I can still see it playing out as a, a Parramatta and Penrith grand final. I think Parramatta can qualify from that other side of the draw, uh, which would be fantastic, wouldn't it? To get to see both those two teams meet in the grand final. I, I, listen, if you held a gun to my head right now, I'm still 
probably just tipping Penrith, but it wouldn't surprise me to see those two teams meet again in the grand final. What a cracker it's going to be. And the market says you're right because they're now the top two in betting power in Penrith, first and fourth. Uh, thanks, mate. Have a good day. See you, boys.